Okay, so uh, we're just going to do it. And right. uh, feel free to talk whenever you can interrupt, whatever. Like We'll edit it. There are no rules. and No if, rules. If there's anything, no rules, just right. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. That's <laughs> not Chuck E. Cheese. What is it? <laughs> Steady house. Oh, it is? Are you okay, whoops. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite different. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. No rules, just right, where Chuck- a kid can be a kid. Chuck- <laughs> kid can be a kid. That's something completely different, too. Wait, is that DZ? Oh, DZ is where kids want to be. All right. Anyway. Uh- Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them. We just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. Welcome to another episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Kai. Welcome, guys. Hooray! Welcome thank, back thank to you. the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Mackenzie. We're really happy you're here again. Mackenzie's the original uh, originator. She is the... The patient zero the of the Ghost <laughs> Adventures curse. For our, our fam. Typhoid Mary in the Ghost Adventures uh, outbreak. <laughs> Welcome back. And Kai, it's great to have you too. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So um, Kai and Mackenzie are, they live in the San, the Bay Area, San Francisco oh. area. And what uh, what episode did you choose, Mackenzie? I chose Alcatraz because I see Alcatraz like, you know, at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. You know, from a distance. Generally. <laughs> I don't I don't go there once or twice a week, but Yeah, I don't think either of us have ever been. No, no. So neither of us have actually been. Incredible and impressive. <laughs> this is yeah. one of those episodes that is an insanely haunted favorite in that Cassie yeah. and I have watched it so many times yeah. <laughs> um outside of this podcast that when I learned we were doing it today, I was kind of incredulous that we hadn't Already done an episode it, about yeah. it because we've seen it so many times that yeah. it's like permanently fresh in my memory. It's a really good one. It's and I've actually stupid. been I've been to Alcatraz before. I went a few years ago for an earth science conference. American Geophysical Union uh, meets there pretty much every year. And and I was like, I got to go to Alcatraz because Ghost Adventures went there and I got to I got to like figure all this out. And I, I did figure things out and we'll so, talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we should go like do like a big history of your Alcatraz trip right out the gate because we can sort of distribute little nuggets of information oh, yeah, as sure, we go. For sure. All right. So Alcatraz, there was no mention of any of the uh, indigenous activities that happened mid 20th century. Extremely significant indigenous yeah, activities. Yeah, like there's actually like like huge lettering on the front of Alcatraz, but they just focused on like the. You know, it's probably for the best that they. Did. <laughs> I mean, given their track probably. record of, of being really like just 
not knowledgeable about indigenous history. Maybe it's for the best that they just didn't even try to go into that. But anyway, I want to um, th- I want to say my theory is that the boys did absolutely no outside research. Yeah. In this episode <laughs> yeah. Because there are moments where Zach. So this place, Alcatraz, is obviously not a prison anymore. It is like a, a park. It's a national park. It's a national yeah. park. And you can go there. There's a lot of tourist stuff to do there. It sounds pretty cool. And at one point, Zach is literally just reading from a history plaque. Yeah. Like he didn't even write something about what happened here. Yeah, he I just thought he was it. I thought he was actually he had a script or something and then you see yeah. him just reading off of the there. wall. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I, I actually I definitely wrote something down about that because I was like, turns out this little narrative is literally just Zach standing in a hallway <laughs> shouting the plaque. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I love about like the way that he speaks every single time I watch this it's show. Yeah. It's like he received feedback at one point from a vocal like coach saying hey you know if you really want to project your voice and really reach people and that's like what he got out of that was just shout yeah and enunciate every syllable (laughs) phonetically make it very clear i don't know how he does it he does it so consistently too like he's he's trained himself to talk that way I wonder if he does. I wonder if he's got an audiobook for his books and if he narrates it's him. it. It's, it would, there's nobody else. It would have to be him. I, oh, okay. I thought sure you knew that for certain. And I was like, oh. No, I don't know for certain. I'm just saying, like, in my heart, I know. I haven't, like, checked on this. <laughs> it has to be him because I feel like if he had someone else reading his book for him, they wouldn't be able to get through it. And the book is written in first person also. So. Yeah. It is. Oh, then that no. would make perfect sense then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we open with boys on a boat. Yeah. They're. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, they, they talk about how this place was open in 1934, and it's a, a prison for, like, the worst of the worst, and uh, surrounded by cold water, like, it's impossible to escape, or so we think. And uh, there was a really good part of the intro where there was a crow that cawed, and they repeated the caw two more times <laughs> in slower and slower motion. <laughs> really funny by far i think my favorite effect if they could just make the entire show with that like little editing (laughs) bit right there i would be so much better they do this the slow-mo zach says they're driving up to alcatraz they're in a boat yeah their approach is extremely moody Mm -hmm. i love the Mm -hmm. atmosphere it's Mm -hmm. like nighttime because they're starting their tour at 9 30 and uh the fog is coming in it's kind of rainy. It was actually like that when I went. Which There's a lot of like carrion birds circling. It's just very creepy and moody and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also looks nothing like that ever. Like they must have picked the worst day to film. Yeah. I've never seen the water that choppy. Yeah, it, that was really choppy water. Like usually the bay doesn't doesn't really look quite that bad. I wonder if it was closer to winter time. Maybe. Fog is normal. Fog is super normal. The fog's name is Carl. He has a Twitter account. Yes, yes. Go, go follow Carl Fogg. I just follow followed Carl him Fogg. on Twitter. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there must have been a storm recently because Aaron also has his camera wrapped up in like a mm-hmm. camera raincoat. Mm-hmm. Well, also, there's going to be ocean spray as they're they're mm. traveling through the water. For most of this episode, they focus on one section of the building, and that is... Uh, cell Block D. Cell Block D. That's the mm-hmm. solitary confinement zone. Yes. And they focus mostly on cells... 13 and 14 and we'll we'll get into this but first we got to interview some people dr jeff is back dr jeff do do, do dwyer. dwyer wait is he a doctor <laughs> yeah it's a jeff dwyer phd what yeah. is his phd <laughs> that's a great question he got a doctorate. What, what is his phd and that's a good question paranormal history doctor <laughs> 
So he's been on several other episodes of Ghost Adventures, and I'm sure this is not the last that we'll see of him. Um, he's that older man that showed them around the Winchester Mystery House, and I believe, wasn't he on the Tour House episode? He's on a lot of California ghost hunting. Yeah, uh, he must live tours. in California. Yeah, that would be oh, my yeah. bet, yeah. Well, let's see. Zach's on the page. Sorry, I called you Zach you again. It, and it took you a long time Fuck. to catch it this time. I, oh, I, no. I now and again will call Max Zach while we're recording. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but... A little little Freudian slip. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, he was a scuba instructor. Okay, that's cool. Uh, at about the age of 10, Jeff noticed that he could see things that others could not. Oh, He fun. soon realized he was seeing ghosts or spirit remnants. Throughout his teenage years, Jeff's desire for adventure took him to many of the Bay Area's most historic locations, including the University of Berkeley, a bachelor's degree, two master of science degrees, and a PhD in the medical sciences. So what Jeff Dwyer is Dude. a medical doctor <laughs> who is also a ghost hunter. But but how phd in the medical sciences is not the same as being a doctor because yeah, that's wait, 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 that would wait. take forever yeah. okay hold on a second oh medical physiology uh, okay anesthesiology and researcher in hyperbaric medicine what is that uh, hyperbaric that's like pressure stuff i think yeah okay that's gonna be like blood pressure and i just find it very interesting that this lists a bachelor's degree two master's degree and a phd and the most specific it's it gets is saying phd in quote the medical sciences wait it says moving away from research and academia in recent years jeff has a, had a variety of experiences in intensive care units rehabilitation centers and medical clinics in southern california and san francisco bay hospitals numerous paranormal experiences in hospitals and other clinics clinical settings intensified uh, Jeff's interest in ghosts and afterlife phenomena and prompted him to write his first book, Ghost Hunter's Guide to the San Francisco Bay Area. So he was a college boy. And then when he worked in hospitals for a little while, he saw some spooky things and his career took kind of a turn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you said that he was a dive instructor? Yes. I just looked it up because I actually did not know this, but hyperbaric medicine is uh, a medical treatment in which an ambient pressure greater than sea level is necessary. It's part of diving medicine. So it's like the kind of medical help you give to people who are suffering okay. from like dive pressure changes and that kind of the like, bends. So if you got yeah, the, bends, the bends, you want yeah. Jeff on the case. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's Jeff's thing. He can help you medically, and then also after death, if you die, after you die, he can contact you. <laughs> and and they can be like, it. "Oh, did you did you need advice on?" <laughs> pressure <laughs> <laughs> all right so he talks about how like he's experienced shit in cells in cell 13 in, yeah uh, cell evil 13. eyes red glowing eyes red glowing eyes a heavy dark net over him and that it was pretty scary and while he's talking about this we see zach kind of lean back and hit the cell wall <laughs> And he's. And this is where this whole thing begins. Yeah. This is where this whole. I feel like I'm dizzy. I feel like the floor's moving beneath me. I feel like I'm spinning. It just keeps going on and on and, and on throughout the episode. And as it goes on, the way the way all fish stories do, it mutates and becomes bigger and more up yeah. to the point that eventually Zach is describing himself as having like intense vertigo. And Aaron actually says it feels like he gets sucked up in a tornado. Sorry, that was Spit Nick. Out. Oh Nick, yeah, that was Aaron. Nick. Yeah. With the same cadence that he used usually claims to have electricity jolting through my body. He says, sucked up through a tornado and just spit out. Yeah. 
So I'm going to wait to reveal. Okay. Okay. Don't reveal I'll, that I'll just reveal yet. I'll reveal later. But keep that in your minds. Uh, cell block, thir- cell 13 is where people get uh, dizzy, off balance. Feel like the floor is moving. moving beneath them. Yeah, I don't. I think we were only like two minutes into the episode when he was like, "Something's weird happening oh, yeah. to me." Yeah, yeah. I also just love how, as as the um, the doctor, what, Jeff was his name. Yes, Jeff. Um, yeah. As as he was talking about his experience in the cell, I was like, I was focusing on Zach because he just had the greatest, just vacant stare, <laughs> like open mouth stare directly at the camera. I'm like, this dude is not even paying attention. Yeah, and he's then, checked out. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, and the floor's moving. Yeah, and that explains a lot, actually, that, that Jeff is a returning uh, character. Because at first I thought he was, usually when they go to these places, especially when they're like, touristy kind of spots, they end up having somebody who works there show them around for the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, how do they keep getting these people who have absolutely no doubt, they just completely agree with everything he says, even though they work there. They're just like, oh, yeah, totally, totally ghosts. Oh, yeah, totally demons. There's, they just well, wait they a don't second, have wait anything. Wait a second. No, 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 no. The only people that actually work there were park rangers. No, yeah. that's what Mackenzie's saying is that usually they do get people who work there. She's yeah. saying oh. that this is this is unique because this is a bunch of people who don't work. Oh there. yeah, and guys, that's because it's the national park. Yeah. <laughs> Never ask the rangers about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, the rangers who didn't even want their faces shown. Oh they gosh. only ever showed a, a short clip of their feet. We saw like the feet of park rangers, but their clothes were green, which makes me wonder if that was like some sort of other type of ranger, not national park, national recreation area. Because in general, I'm pretty sure national park workers wear khaki. So I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Maybe it is national park. Either way, I'm sure the national park service wouldn't be too pleased with somebody being on this joke of a show talking about ghosts. Because when you visit Alcatraz, they don't talk about ghosts. It's all about the history. Yeah, there's one time of year there's one time of year right around halloween so Mm -hmm. in the month of october they do several tours that actually do focus on talking about kind of like ghost story type stuff um so so it does happen occasionally they do they do bring this up a little bit around halloween time and alcatraz is a very very popular uh visit spot during october so so it it does happen but it's not what people commonly talk about when they visit alcatraz they talk about the history and and the actual events that took place there right which included several yeah speaking of events that took place here this is where we get the footage of zach shouting at us about the plaque that's on the wall (laughs) yeah which details three times correctional officers were killed by uh imprisoned people and at first i thought he was telling one long story Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until he got to the third item that i realized no these were all separated by years Mm -hmm. also they weren't in chronological order right he's just reading them as yeah. though it's all one paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. We don't come back to this, by the way. Like, this yeah. is useless yeah. information, essentially. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, they come back to it in the sense that periodically throughout the episode, they show these reenactment scenes, <laughs> which I love. They always do this. They, they, yeah. they get, like, some kind of actors, I guess, to reenact these scenes of murder. So we have, like, a guard who gets his head smashed against the floor. We have a guard that gets shot during a riot. And then we have a bunch of guards stuck in a cell, right, that that get killed or something? I think that was still the... the I think that was part of the riot. Okay. Yeah. Zach was not clear about delineating the three separate events. Okay. And they play this weird punchy music underneath it. 
mm-hmm. to make it more exciting, I guess. I don't know. After this, we kind of go right back into interviews. There's not a whole lot of organization here. We meet Sharon and Anne, who are both paranormal investigators. We have... They are in at least one other episode of Ghost Adventures, and I don't remember if we've already watched an episode with them or if we have yet to watch more. But they're just like just like Dr. Do, do, do Dwyer. Dwyer. <laughs> just like do, Dr. Dwyer, they uh, they appear more than once on this this television program. And they have had experiences in Cell, blo- in cell 14 that Anne does not want to re- relive. Uh, so far, Sh- Jeff and these two have both talked about seeing red glowing eyes in there. So that's a big thing to latch on to. We're, yeah. we're getting already some consistent stories. And they're talking about how they see a dark, heavy shadow. They feel dizzy, dizziness and disorientation. Zach gets kind of metaphysical here about body energy and how ghosts use it It goes on forever he's just talking (laughs) about electricity in your body yeah Yeah. and and i love i love when zach tries to play uh play scientist he always says like that we can't make any scientific conclusions from this and i don't i don't think you know what that means (laughs) did you guys ever see the matrix (laughs) (laughs) it is a little bit like that he, he did say, and this sounded very Nick-like, he said, this energy impacts our vessel. The cell, like a battery cell, charged with energy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, like, tries to, uh, he does, like, EMF detector, and he's you know, like, goes off, whoa. We gotta, we gotta find out if we can debunk this. And then they ask, like, some person who's there during the night if they can check to see if, if there's any electricity These on. are rangers. Yeah. They, they say to the rangers, will you help us look for into whether or not there's an electricity thing going on. Something or other. And they're like, no. And then they do that. No, no, no. no. But it's like later in the episode, like there are lights. There's electricity in the building because people go there. Yeah. There's apparently (laughs) lights that are on all the time. So I don't know if, if, if maybe they were asking if there was any electricity on at the moment, but. I believe that's what they were asking. Or specifically behind, maybe specifically behind the cell. Yeah, I think it was specifically in that one area. I guess it's if the electrical equipment is really close to the device, then it could cause those signals. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, it turns out that, um, you know, there isn't electricity or there isn't electricity on, but it's not extremely clear. Yeah, I was, I was, I definitely had a moment where I was like, holy crap, did Zach actually just admit that it might not be a ghost? You're here, <laughs> heard it here, folks. Yeah. We next meet Annalisa, who is also a paranormal investigator. There's a lot of ghost hunters here tonight. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gives them, she said she had some stuff happen to her where she toured the infirmary and what she calls the hydrotherapy room, which we learn about later, is a horrifying thing. Basically that, torture. Thank God yeah. is no longer done. And she shares an urban legend. She specifically calls what she shares an urban legend and not a true story about a guy who got killed by a ghost in cell 14. Yeah. But wait, he saw red eyes. He saw red eyes, folks. It's real. It's real. <laughs> That's and, three. And then she does this this look that yeah. you zoom in on. Yeah. What was she reacting to? Zach said something about there being ghosts, I think. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it, was she does this, it was a good face. It was a very good face. I will definitely uh, get that for when we release this. Yeah, and they did more... the three zoom in thing yeah. on Yeah, it was face. great. <laughs> and there's more of Zach's psychic flashes coming in here. He talks about how he's getting flashes of just like violence and anger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Zach is, is a psychic. 
Sometimes. Yeah. Not not every episode, but Other occasionally. Times, he's just a conduit. Yeah. Sometimes he's just a conduit. Um, then we hear from Dr. Dwyer about... Oh, this fucking part. We don't know. Like, I guess we could look it up, but, like, there's no... You can look it up. Yeah, go ahead and talk, though. Okay. He talks about how Native Americans called this island... Evil Island. Evil Island. And, and, and Zach just automatically assumes... Zach and Dr. Dwyer assume that there must be demons here. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I've never heard this. I've never heard... Th- I live here and I've never heard this before. Yeah. And then Zach draws the conclusion that demons have been breeding and affecting the prisoners. Breeding. Ghosts getting down with each other, making yeah. baby ghosts. <laughs> just so you know, the only place I found any hits for Alcatraz Evil Island are ghost hunting websites. Great. So mm-hmm. cool. Beautiful. Right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the ghosts are breeding here. <laughs> A lot of ghost fucking. <laughs> yeah. They didn't catch any of it. Uh, we also learn about a Shawshank style escape from this place. Which was actually really badass. Ex- extremely cool escape. escape. Uh, d- dudes literally used like s- smuggled out silverware to mm-hmm. dig a hole to a vent. Then they got a bunch of raincoats and made a raft and then they got out. Yeah, and this is actually a famous thing that they're trying. They, they to this day they're still trying to figure out if it would be possible for them to have survived. Like, there's right. a MythBusters about um, it. Yeah, yeah. Myth, I was about. Yeah, MythBusters did an episode about it where they tried to replicate. Could you have survived mm-hmm. this? Like making a raft out of raincoats and escaping from the island. Were they able to? I don't. Rem- it was a long time ago that I that I, I saw. I think it's this one episode. of those that they don't say busted or confirmed. They just say plausible. Okay. Yeah, they say like plausible. Also, what's cool is, and if you go, they've got dummies in the beds because these guys literally made dummies of themselves. My gosh. To be laid <laughs> laid down in their 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 cots. Yeah. The forethought. Br- yeah. Necessity's the mother of invention, folks. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They learn absolutely nothing new by calling a man who used to be incarcerated at Alcatraz, and they just sort of shoot the shit about these guys and don't really establish any new facts or anything like that. More dramatic music, though. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah, very dramatic. Speaking of dramatic, there's one other location that we have to investigate because it is the cause of so much death. The Golden Gate Bridge. We just address this in the weirdest way. Like, yes. It's a bridge. It's responsible for so many deaths. It's responsible for so many deaths, you know, unlike every other bridge everywhere. Murderous bridge. The (laughs) murder. So, yes, unfortunately and sadly, there are many suicides that occur at the Golden Gate Bridge every year. But just the way that they talk about this is so strange and bizarre. They talk about it more as though it is murder by bridge. And talking about the mist must be doing something. The mist has ghosts in it or whatever. Yeah. And and for their credit, they put up a national suicide hotline (laughs) thing on on the episode. Yeah, the tone of it, though. But But very tonally awkward and strange. Yeah. Yeah, the entire way they shot this whole segment is so different from how I feel it actually is when you go to the bridge. Sure. There's a really nice pedestrian and bike walkway on the Golden Gate Bridge. And so it's, you know, it's a particularly accessible bridge. And unfortunately, that kind of thing will lead to an increased occurrence of people who go there to commit suicide or try to commit suicide so yeah it's definitely worth you know thinking about and mentioning but maybe not i mean maybe not 
when you're talking about ghosts. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a little yeah. distasteful. That puts a weird spin Although, on frankly, it. I'm not surprised that they handled this weirdly because they don't <laughs> even under, have a, a grasp, understanding of like what mental illness actually is and yeah. how it manifests. Oh, they love to heard... go into people's houses and just make make them feel way worse. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and uh, you throw on around the word crazy all the time. We definitely mm-hmm. heard that several times in this episode and talking about the... The, they just go crazy in here. The man. mental ward or whatever it was yeah. called, like where the crazies go and that's where the, the water or the hydrotherapy happened and just like no real understanding of mental health issues and yeah. how they what, what they actually are. But then again, they also don't know like the that most of the the symptoms they feel when they're ghost hunting can be easily explained by medical issues. Yeah, they don't realize they're having a small heart attack. Yeah, so no concept of reality. Yeah. So that's about the last thing. Oh, before we go into the lockdown, Zach mentions that he wants to reach out and touch the bridge to cure it of all its dark energy. Reach out and touch faith. Thank you. I'm glad somebody went there. Uh, But that's about the last thing before the lockdown begins. And this is a full lockdown. There's lots of people here. Because not only is the Ghost Adventures crew, they've also brought Jay and Billy and their two babysitters with who work for the park service. <laughs> pair of sneakers. Probably on the side being like these idiots. These fucking guys. I can't believe I have to stay up till six in the morning because of these dipshits. Yeah, actually, I made a note about that because I was like, wow, they need park rangers. Probably because they're just like, these guys look pretty sketch. I'm not sure that they won't just vandalize the walls while yeah. we're not Which looking. Which they've so. done before. Yeah, they, they have done vandalized places because they yeah. wanted to use trigger objects and stuff. Or like very like fragile objects. They're just touching and using and mm-hmm. no no I don't know. They're just wild children. Yeah. So and I so thought this was I don't oh. blame I don't blame them for being like, yeah, you, you, we're going to have some park rangers just kind of like keeping an eye on things. The the Ghost Adventures crew thought that, that those rangers were there to protect the place. Uh, from contamination when in reality they were there to protect the place from the contamination of the Ghost Adventures crew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So I thought this was going to be one of those episodes where they split the team up and then kind of go back and forth all the time because the way the lockdown starts is Zach is like explaining where he and Nick and Aaron are going to go and then Billy and Jay are going to stay in cell blocks A, B, and C because A, B, and C are lit. And D and I mean, like, I mean, like the lights are on, not like it's a big party. Um, but hey, if Billy Tolly's there, it's always a party. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Zach and Nick and Aaron are going to go into D block, which you can actually turn the lights off so that they can use their night vision cameras. And I, Billy and Jay get the to do the real fun of setting up long exposure cameras and just taking a shitload of still photos while also recording on the IR camera, the like um, heat heat vision camera. Uh, and they kind of bounce it back and forth a little bit, but no, it's pretty much just Zach, Nick, and Aaron. And then every once in a while, he'll give you a sentence about what Billy and Jay are up to. Almost immediately, they hear a noise in one of the cells. They're in 13, and they hear a boom in 14. Well, but then they walked out of the, the cell and went to the right. They thought it was coming from the right, which oh. are the lower number of cells. Oh, okay. Um, then they see a orb and they do the whole, we're debunking it as not being a dust particle because this is what a bug looks like. And it's one of those like helicopter giant ass. And you can count the legs on this thing. Yeah. yeah and the it was wing, very the clear. The wings are like pterodactyl wings. Like, <laughs> enormous. <laughs> 
flapping. It's like this carboniferous insect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they, they whip out the ovulus. They get... oh, of note, I wanted to mention, they have already had the spirit box out for 20 minutes with no mm-hmm. voices. Yeah. The, the ovulus tells them fire and threshold, which they connect to the fact that they... That Nick said the word threshold earlier? <laughs> and Zach said fire earlier. Whoa. No, what Truly. I think is really funny Ghosts. is that... Aaron tries to say, well, guys, it just said fire, and nobody pays any attention to him until later when it says threshold. And then when they say, Aaron, what did it say? He says, well, earlier it said fire, like like the guy who isn't sure whether you heard his joke or not. Oh, then- <laughs> yeah. Nobody listens to Aaron. No. Uh, so after we check in about the threshold, oh, and there's like a graphic of hell inside the door. <laughs> That's really overdone. Uh, we learned that none of the still images that Jay and Billy took are weird. They're all just very normal. Yeah. Um, Zach and Nick, they go into the solitary confinement cells, 14 and 13. And again, they're talking about how it feels like you're going back and forth. This. And that's when Nick talks about being sucked in and spit out from a tornado. There's an amazing shot of Nick laying down on his back with the EVP <laughs> recorder up in the air and he's going, I'm lying down just like you were in here. <laughs> there was so much me? of this whole scene that just felt like like an edgy teenager writing a bad <laughs> love letter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or that this Speak could have been... through me. This, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this could have been edited into a music video. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and then you hear of like a... And Zach sitting on the floor in the cell goes, that's a seagull you hear in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great shot because also it's like the the captions on the screen. So like, I don't know. It's a good still image to encapsulate. I just don't know why they didn't. Why didn't they just edit that out? Like, it's ridiculous. No, you have to know that they're reputable. They will tell you when they are making shit up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Then they they go to the the mental ward or whatever, and Nick's like, "This is the room where the prisoners would go crazy. They'd ice them right there." Like, God, it was just so cringy to listen to him. Yeah. And then they hear a voice that apparently says, "Get naked." Get naked. That was. And of course, Zach has to like defend his masculinity in this moment, Mm -hmm. and say that this is like extra scary to hear because it's a male voice saying, "Get naked." I'm very proud of them, though, because they didn't go with the super low-hanging fruit that of, like, prison oh, yeah. se- sexual assault kind of jokes yeah. that they didn't make. I'm very happy they didn't do that, because as soon as this came up, I was bracing for it. Yeah. Because I know they're that kind of dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. Zach then sees two red eyes through a small slit in the wall. Not recorded on camera. Yeah, not his, recorded his on camera. His eyeballs see that, apparently. <laughs> Uh, their spirit box says, he's here. And then the ovulus says, doctor and opening. And then Zach like makes the connection and was like, oh, do you think I'm a doctor? And I'm like standing here where this opening In this is? opening? I love how they have to like use the word from the ovulus in the explanation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they, they never paraphrase it. They always say like they find a way to use those specific words. Yeah. And they catch from the spirit box, they catch... The words, dear God, and then a scream, and Zach's, and of course, like, you know, it's like, as always, where you, it doesn't really sound like anything. But no, then Zach's especially like, the scream. The scream sounded yeah. very much like, you know, like a noise that somebody's camera might have made accidentally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, or just like fucking or random seagull. signals. Like, it doesn't sound, it sounds electronic. It doesn't sound like yeah. a voice. Or it's a like bird. a... Mm-hmm. 
Though I will say, I have to go back to uh, when we were talking to the earlier ghost hunters. Yeah. When they when they let us hear their EVP that they caught. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That was... That was a clear one. Very clear and sounded very much like one of the ghost hunters. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. one of the two women. It sounded just like one of the two women that had been talking earlier. That's the thing about EVP. It's you don't ever capture it on camera. So you it, it could be fucking anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. Any clear EVP you hear could be a human being saying mm-hmm. those words. Yeah, at least I have to give it to Zach. Like, at least they if if they are actually saying words instead of just like getting weird electronic noises and superimposing words for us so that we definitely hear what they think we should hear. If they are saying something, they're at least like making it sound, I don't know, fuzzier. They're like disguising they're, it in some they're, way. They're disguising it in some way electronically so that when they play it back for you, it doesn't sound quite like one of them. Yeah. But <laughs> this one, this EVP, I was like, wow, that is very clearly a woman's voice. Yeah, sure. And that's super just you. Clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just you. <laughs> there, later episodes in Ghost Adventures, and I, Mackenzie Kai, I don't know whether you all have seen these. There are episodes where they very definitely did that, exactly mm. that. And like actually had a person saying the EVP and like they don't it it's not something they call out. But like every once in a while, I noticed a run of episodes where they would get EVPs that were so clear mm. that it was like suspect. Yeah. But that doesn't happen here. Uh, at least the Ghost Adventures crew doesn't do it here. We just get these stupid spirit box things that are totally out of left field. When they get the deer god and it screams, Zach just jumps to the conclusion that it's a mentally unstable prisoner. Great. And then he's like asking, why can't you leave this island? And like assuming it's the mist. Well, the ovalist says mist. And I figured the immediately obvious conclusion to draw here is that the a really cool thing for a spooky ghost person to say would be, ah, yes, clearly the fog is keeping them here. But no, what the mist is actually referring to is a fucking orb that apparently got caught on a static night vision camera somewhere on the other side of the fucking island. Yes. The mist is the actual Im- embodiment of the spirit energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it commonly goes into Nick. Yeah. Yeah. And jolts right through him. Jolts right through that boy. What do you know? The obvious says touch. Reach out and touch this. <laughs> um, or Billy. The, 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 the spirit orbs often go into Billy. Billy's like a magnet for this shit. It used to be <laughs> that they Billy. thought Aaron was the magnet, but now Billy's the magnet. No, I I heard him say Billy's going to be here tonight. And I was like, oh, Uh -oh. poor Billy. What are they going to do to Billy tonight? (laughs) Save this poor man. (laughs) Billy and Jay get sent to D-Block. And Zach's like, we're not going to tell them what we experienced. We're just going to use them in this experiment. We're going to do an experiment with Billy. And I'm like, oh, no, I knew it was coming. He like gives Billy his orders. And it's just very much like, go to the cell. I totally didn't do anything to it. (laughs) it's like a frat boy I didn't balance a bucket of water very gingerly on top of the door so that when you pull it open it will fall on your head I didn't do that so So, the the idea is they want to somehow blind this experiment to see whether cells 13 and 14 are actually bad and apparently Billy feels worse than number 14, so I don't know, skeptics, take that. Well, and then he goes into cell 13, and he says he sees a black fog or mist. Yeah, this is so weird. And that he can feel it, and Jay's, like, confirming it, that yeah, he sees man, it, too. Yeah, man, it's just right up there in that corner. And then Jay 
afterwards says that he felt really bad in there and he saw red dots, two red yeah. dots. And he's like, I don't want to call them eyes, but I can't think of anything else to call them. I don't want to say that I'm anchoring, but I'm totally anchoring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Zach was like, would you call them eyes? And then, and then. Zach, Jay like, was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they decide to take some like 35 millimeter still photos, like as in without night vision. Mm-hmm. So we learn later that the photos that they took have some defects in them. Um, that, of course, since this is a ghost hunting show, Zach believes these defects are caused by ghosts, mm-hmm. obviously. There's probably some really normal explanation for these. They just seem to have light anomalies in the photos like, like squiggles kind of, streaking. of light i mean i had a great experience this summer i was taking a lot of photographs of fossil specimens at a museum and Ooh. they every time so i was doing an overhead shoot and i had lights everywhere and i would zoom in on a photo or i'd zoom out on a photo just because the fossils were different sizes as i was looking at them mm-hmm. and at some point i started getting this weird artifact i had no idea where it was coming from there's lights coming from all directions i have the flash on as well and there would just be this like black circle, half circle at the bottom of every photo. And hmm. I was like, Whoa. why is this suddenly happening? If I were Zach, that would have been ghost. for sure a ghost. It would have been like the gremlin on that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark I from the don't 90s. Even, that scares me so bad. <laughs> that was but like yeah, formatively terrifying. That episode for me. scared the shit out yeah. of me as a oh, kid. Yeah. I had phobias that there'd be a camera in my room that was going to take a picture of me and destroy me. This is a direct line. There is a, there's a straight line connecting that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with all of the like video game themed creepypasta I read when I was in college yeah, and yeah. high school with like haunted video game cartridges and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ben Drowned, Legend of Zelda. Anyway, anyway. Go, go on, Mackenzie. But yeah, no, the, but you know, like, like that's weird camera artifacts can happen. And it turns out that even though it doesn't look like it was possible when the flash, when the camera's lens was zoomed all the way out, the top of the lens was creating a shadow at the bottom of the photo. And I only figured this out because I called my dad. He's pretty, he he does a lot of photography. He has for a long time and he messed around with his camera until he got the same thing and was able to tell me what I was doing. So I just couldn't zoom out to a particular length or I would get this artifact at the bottom. But yeah, like, but I, I took so many different photos in so many different ways, different lightings, different flash settings. I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see how those kinds of things, if you if you don't really know what you're looking at, could be kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Well, they also did say that they were doing long exposure yeah. shots uh, he was yeah. taking. And so those kind of streaks that you see when using long exposure, it's very common how people do, um, if you've ever seen the really colorful like flowers that people do with uh-huh. different like neon lights, they use long exposure to do that because you can capture the travel of the lights. And so I, it's very possible in my mind that they just had some dust particles or whatever floating around in these cells that could have possibly mm. reflected a little bit of light from some other cameras or from some other part of the cell block. Yeah, it sure. would take very sure little light for that kind of artifact to it, that's what it looked like it did it, it looked like a long exposure yeah. streak especially if they're shooting in as they mentioned pretty much pitch darkness like it's totally dark there's no there's so little light that they can't see anything mm-hmm. and that even in a long exposure photograph you can't see you can only see the darkness in the area like mm-hmm. that's the only ambient light that's coming in is what might be reflected by dust particles 
Yeah. A good spot, y'all. Yeah. I mean, I knew it wasn't ghosty, but it's nice to know that there is like an actual explanation for it. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of get back into it with a sort of after the fact recap with Jay where they go over these photos. And then Zach one more time reiterates the fact that there were park rangers there during that lockdown, which means everything that happened was legit. <laughs> they show the feet. They show the feet. There's the feet. They were there. They were that there. was it. That was it. And that's the end of the episode, pretty much. Mackenzie, what was your favorite part of the show? Oh, man. I think my favorite part of this particular episode was just the fact that they had this recurring theme, the glowing red eyes mm-hmm. that they never catch on camera. Mm-hmm. Just just constant. You know, at some point they had to mention demons. They didn't harp on it too much this episode. They Zach loves demons, but that's he, he didn't do too much of that today. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kai? So probably the funniest part to me was right before they were showing us the developed uh, long exposure photos they did. They mm-hmm. kept showing all of these like black and white photos um, taken presumably around Alcatraz. And mm-hmm. I was looking at the photos and I had a misunderstanding that these were the actual developed ones. Like, okay, yeah, there's no spooky stuff here, but these are great photos, man. You could do something with them. Yeah. And then they show <laughs> us the photos. I'm like, ah, uh, never mind. It's just a streak of light. Okay. How about you, Max? It was Aaron repeating the Ovilus said fire, uh, like the guy who wanted to make sure everybody heard his joke. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That. For me, um, and this is my reveal, is the fact that these guys were thick enough in the head to not realize that the floor of the cells in solitary confinement are a metal sheet over concrete and the metal is warped and you can literally bounce on it. So the whole time that they're talking about, oh, I feel dizzy. I feel like the floor is moving beneath me. It's because it actually is because the metal is warped beneath (laughs) your feet. Please like make some sort of like beginning level like evaluation of your surroundings if you're going to be ghost hunting. It was ridiculous. I, 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 I went into Alcatraz after watching this show, this episode, uh, sometime beforehand. I actually went into cells. I went into, I definitely went into cell 14, 11, and 12. I don't know if I went into cell 13, but I, I know I have a picture of me standing in the doorway of cell 14, and I actually went in there. I didn't feel any darkness whatsoever, and I noticed that the ground was moving like because it's a sheet of metal and metal warps a bean has emerged from beneath the couch oh Oh, you finally decided to show up hello so anyway it's not anything mystical it's literally just a warped ground beneath their feet and i just cannot believe that they didn't pick up on that yeah fun stuff maybe if they'd actually had somebody working there talking to them somebody would have said something Yeah. Well, I also wonder if they like if they did a tour beforehand or if they were just like, no, nah, we're just going to go in on our own. I, I bet that that's well. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if they did a tour, they would have talked about it. You know, maybe, they would have got that content. Maybe the National Park Service was like, please don't. No, can't tape on tours. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, no, they, they probably I, like I said, we haven't been on one of these tours, but they probably don't want you to do too much yeah. filming. Photos are, I'm sure, are fine, but. Yeah. They wouldn't want a film crew, that's for sure. Mm. So I'd like to take this opportunity to just give a little bit of uh, history of the indigenous occupation of Alcatraz in 1969, which they didn't cover at all. Maybe for the best, 
considering it's the GAC. So I'm getting this from a website called nativevillage.org. So it says, from November 20th, 1969 to June 11th, 1971, Native Americans took over and held Alcatraz Island as Indian land. The occupation of Alcatraz Island was led by the Native American group Indians of All Tribes, or IAT. The takeover lasted 14 months and ended when the Indians were forcibly removed by the federal government. What else is new? (laughs) Wow. Another another example of America telling indigenous people what to do. Indians of all tribes claimed the island by signing the Treaty of Fort Laramie from 1868 between the U.S. and the Sioux. The treaty returned to Native peoples all retired, abandoned, and out-of-use federal lands. When Alcatraz Penitentiary closed in 1963, the U.S. declared the island as surplus federal property, so Red Power activists reclaimed it. On March 9th, 1964, Richard McKenzie and other Sioux occupied Alcatraz for four hours. On November 9th, 1969, another group of activists returned. A a boat carried Richard Oakes from Mohawk Nation, Jim Vaughn from Cherokee Nation, Joe Bill from Eskimo Nation, Ross Harden from Ho-Chunk Nation, and Jerry Hatch close to the island. The men jumped overboard, swam to shore, and claimed the island by right of discovery. The Coast Guard quickly removed them. Later that day, a larger group made their way to the island. Fourteen stayed overnight. The next day, the group proclaimed the island by right of discovery. Then they left the island. On November 20th, 1969, American Indians again landed on Alcatraz, despite an attempted Coast Guard blockade. The 79 Indians included students, married couples, and six children, which included actor Benjamin Bratt and his siblings. To announce their action to the world, dissidents issued the Alcatraz Proclamation, which I'll read right after. The occupiers cited treatment under the Indian termination policy as the reason. They also accused the U.S. of breaking numerous Indian treaties. The IAT said they intended to take the island over, but build a Native American study center, spiritual center, and ecology center, and an American Indian museum. Richard Oakes sent a message to the San Francisco Department of the Interior that said, We invite the United States to acknowledge the justice of our claim. The choice now lies with the leaders of the American government to use violence upon us as before to remove us from our great spirit's land or to institute a real change in its dealing with the American Indian. We do not fear your threat to charge us with crimes on our land. We and all other oppressed peoples would welcome the spectacle of proof before the world of your title by genocide. Nevertheless, we seek peace. President Richard Nixon's special counsel, Leonard Garment, took over negotiations. On Thanksgiving Day, hundreds of supporters made their way to Alcatraz to celebrate the occupation. In December, John Trudell began daily radio broadcasts from the island. In January 1970, occupiers began publishing a newsletter. Joseph Morris, a Blackfoot long horseman, rented space on Pier 40 to transport supplies and people to the island. Grace Thorpe, daughter of Jim Thorpe, was one occupier. She held she helped convince celebrities Jane Fonda, Anthony Quinn, Marlon Brando, Jonathan Winters, Buffy St. Marie, and Dick Gregory to visit the island in support. Rock band Creed's Clearwater Revival donated $15,000 for a boat for reliable transport to Alcatraz. Then in January 1970, 13-year-old Yvonne Oakes fell to her death. The Oakes family left Alcatraz saying they didn't have the heart for it anymore. Some original occupiers left to return to school. New occupiers soon came to the island, but several had drug addictions. People from San Francisco's drug and hippie culture joined them until non-Indians were prohibited from staying overnight. By late May, the government had cut off all electrical power to 
and telephone service. In June, a fire destroyed many buildings. Left without power, fresh water, and declining public sympathy and support, occupiers began leaving the island. On June 11, 1971, a large force of government officers removed the last 15 people from Alcatraz. The occupation of Alcatraz brought international attention to the plight of native peoples in the U.S. It also sparked more than 220 instances of civil disobedience among native people. Some call the occupation the cradle of the modern Native American civil rights movement. The The Alcatraz occupation led to a yearly celebration of the rights of indigenous people. It also led to the island's unthanksgiving day. All visitors are welcome to attend a dawn ceremony under permits by the National Park Service. And then this is the proclamation that they wrote. Alcatraz Proclamation to the Great White Father and His People, 1969. We the Native Americans reclaim the land known as Alcatraz Island in the name of all American Indians by right of discovery. We wish to be fair and honorable in our dealings with the Caucasian inhabitants of this land and hereby offer the following treaty. We will purchase said Alcatraz Island for $24 in glass beads and red cloth, <laughs> a precedent sent by the white man's purchase of similar island about 300 years ago. Hell yeah. We know that $24 in trade goods for these 16 acres is more than was paid when Manhattan Island was sold, but we know that land values have risen over the years. <laughs> Our offer of $1.24 per acre is greater than the $0.47 cents per acre that the white men are now paying the California Indians for their land. We will give to the inhabitants of this land a portion of that land for their own to be held in trust by the American Indian government for as long as the sun shall rise and the rivers go down to the sea to be administered by the Bureau of Caucasian Affairs. We will further guide the inhabitants in the proper way of living. We will offer them our religion, our education, our lifeways in order to help them achieve our level of civilization and thus raise them and all their white brothers up from their savage and unhappy state. We offer this treaty in good faith and wish to be fair and honorable in our dealings with all white men. We feel that this so-called Alcatraz (laughs) Island is more suitable as an Indian reservation as determined by the white man's own standards. By this, we mean that this place resembles most Indian reservations in that one, it is isolated from modern facilities and without adequate means of transportation. Two, it has no fresh running water. Three, the sanitation facilities are inadequate. Four, there are no oil or mineral rights. Oh my God. Five, there is no industry, and so unemployment is very great. Oh. Six, there are no health care facilities. Seven, the soil is rocky and non-productive, and the land does not support game. Eight, there are no educational facilities. Nine, the population has always been held as prisoners and kept dependent upon others. Further, it would be fitting and symbolic that ships from all over the world entering the Golden Gate would first see Indian land and thus be reminded of the true history of this nation. This tiny island would be a symbol of the great lands once ruled by free and noble Indians. And that's it. So they went off. Fucking preach. They went off in a huge way. What a cool, what an amazing declaration. Yeah, and so if you go to Alcatraz, you'll see wording uh, painted on the front of the, the, the front building that says like Indian land or something of the sort that is yeah. from that occupation, which is really cool. Um, There's a great episode of Drunk History about it. Yeah. If you oh, want to see cool. a visualized version. And so like in this case, and I know that 
I, I support the National Park Service, but there are problematic, you know, aspects to the National Park Service and that that land is is the homeland of indigenous peoples and the federal government does have control over it. Um, and in this case, that's really unfortunately the case where the federal government forced them off and was like, well, we're, we're going to have control over it now. Well, this is ours and yes, now. Yes, it's preserved, which is great, but... It's a really it used to be somebody's home and kind and of fucked up is, situation. Yeah. <laughs> now it can't be anybody's home. So anyway, yeah. in in a way, I kind of wish that that the national parks it was it was possible and feasible for the national parks <laughs> to just be like no one no one can do uh like terrible shit here or live here unless you're a Native American, in which case this is your we're home. We're keeping this up for you. Yeah. The, or, we're keeping this up for you. Or, you know, just fucking give him Alcatraz. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, why it. do they want it? Like, I, I get it's like historical, but, but like, you know, that's not the most important part. It's, it's, it's a money maker. Of like, well, we're going to keep you in your place. Yeah. Yeah. I, know I, I you think want at this. that point it was definitely more of a, we're going to keep you in your place because yeah. they probably weren't doing tours or considering no. it like, it was uh, abandoned. Yeah, it was it was well, it was it was just our it was surplus like they weren't really using it for anything in, important. And no. they 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 just wanted to sh- sh- flaunt their power over mm-hmm. indigenous people. Yeah, like is what usually happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. tweet watch. There, there's not a whole lot to talk about in tweet watch. Zach's been retweeting a lot lately. Um, that one's really problematic. Yeah. Speaking of of poor treatment of native populations, Zach oh, tweets: uh, "Whales are such amazing, intelligent mammals. Makes me absolutely sick how people could harm them for traditions and research." Okay. Oh. So yeah, um, traditions. What we're talking about is indigenous tradition, and if you erase indigenous tradition, if you try and erase like the culture of a historically oppressed group of people who are still oppressed mm-hmm. to this day that's basically trying to wipe away their culture which isn't is that, a definition that, of genocide i was just about yeah. to say yes. that is one of the un's yeah. definitions of genocide yeah. is, is erasing an entire culture so so and uh yeah and like unless the beluga population was highly <laughs> endangered like I mean, we kill animals every day. Well, look, here's the farms, here's the so. thing. It does a, a few people for their for their cultural tradition uh, causing the deaths of some whales versus the uh, industrialized hunting and fishing of uh, of uh, ocean mammals. These are two hugely different things that have different impacts on the world. One of which is much so much greater that it's like not even worth mentioning the yeah. other one. Um, and, and of course, yes. Zach would focus on it from entirely the wrong perspective, yes, which of yeah. is indigenous and traditional use of these kinds of resources and he had to throw in there the researcher aspect yeah. which yeah researchers off. don't go out and killing kill whales, whales. Like, no. occasionally they'll put tracking devices on them so that they know where they are they can track their health they can figure out like where do they go seasonally like those are the reasons why researchers will like maybe tag something but yeah for conservation we, efforts we have to go through so much paperwork to do anything to animals anymore like maybe back in the day they had kind of some free reign that was a little bit ridiculous and like we shouldn't do anymore but that's why we have entire like we have entire like red tape bureaucratic processes that we have to go through in order to do any kind of collecting any type type of Research mm-hmm. on living animals, especially ones that are like currently out in the wild. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. If they're talking about like military research with like seismic waves and stuff, that I understand. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, because I do. I think don't they do it for like sonar testing or something? Yeah, that probably fucks with whales if they do sonar testing. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of there's actually conservation research that focuses on like how that's harmful to ocean life. But yeah. Yeah. I, he's no idea what he's talking about, and. Again. What else is new, right? Yeah, right? Does he ever know Uh, what he's talking about? So it's probably for the best in the end that this episode pretty much steered clear of that conversation. I think that if they had really brought it up in any anything beyond calling this evil island. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Then I feel like it would have come off probably pretty bad. Yeah. And I get it. Zach is a big animal lover. We are too, but he just doesn't have a very large database in his brain of like cultural cultural things and (laughs) how science actually works. Um, He's got room for cool looking flowers, though. He does. There's a tweet that I'm really enjoying. Uh, It's a tweet. He's he's retweeting it with a comment. He says, I need to grow these in the haunted museum yard. And it's like a, it's from 21 or 24, sorry, I, I'm just, I'm saying weird things right now. It's from 41 Strange and it says the new orchid species called Telepogon Diabolicus has been named after its demonic patterns. <laughs> and it looks like a little goblin is in there. It does. Oh. A goblin with red eyes, purple skin, cute. and his mouth is open like me. Adores. So- Thanks for joining us on this episode of Insanely Haunted, uh, you two. It's just been so much fun having you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm i really glad you invited me back for a second time. I, I hope I hope Kai had a good time. Oh, yeah, no, this is great. I love watching Zach be Zach. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually my my coming on to the podcast last time is actually what inspired me to be like, you know what? I actually have not shown any... Uh, ghost hunting episodes to Kai yet. So Aww. we've watched really? a few. Yeah, we've watched a few of the ones that are available on Hulu. Oh, good. Um, but it's all the newer seasons. I feel oh, like they're right, not right. as they're not quite as good as the old classics. Yeah. Well, just remember, you can find those DVD packs online. <laughs> they're not in the right order, but <laughs> they're mislabeled and ha- and hacked together. And clearly, someone has made editing mistakes, like you saw in this one at the very end, where yeah, his there monologue were a few skips. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we also have some scratches in our DVD. Well, thank you for listening. Also, we, we're we so glad that you're here every week checking us out on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. So make sure you're subscribed to uh, Insanely Haunted. Uh, and if you feel like checking us out on Twitter, you can follow at Haunted Insanely. Uh, we are also following the Scavengers Network Twitter at Scavengers Net, where you can learn about all kinds of cool shows. We've just added a new show to the Scavengers Network this week. Ooh, what is it? It's called Side Character Quest, and it is a sort of like role playing tabletop show where it's actually just two people, one host and one player. So like it's kind of uh, an in-depth thing about characters that they create and things like that. Awesome. So check that out. Check out Side Character Quest. Follow at Scavengers Net and find more great shows from the Scavengers Network. We do have one uh, new review from our friend Mason who was on oh, last week. Oh, Mason. Uh, from <laughs> I Do Know Radio, which is a Scavengers Network show. And Mason says... Ghost Adventures will never be the same. Having watched a bunch of Ghost Adventures years ago, I never really paid attention to just how hilariously produced and frankly bad of a show it was. Here, (laughs) Max, Cassie, and their guests shed a wittily unforgiving light on every scene. The podcast is delightfully hysterical, socially important, and great fun. Also, Bill Chappell is an absolute fraud and probably is not even that good at Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) 
harsh thank words. Thank you, Mason. Mason. That's very sweet of you to say. Um, and I think that's about it, really, except mm-hmm. to say thank you to our good friend, Leandra. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. And oh, of course. and uh, please support and visit your state national parks and also honor the treaties. Honor the treaties folks but that's it for this evening and of course just like we always say thanks again my name is max my name's cassie my name's mackenzie my name is kai and you just heard a a class a evp The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. W-I-D-K. Do you wish listening to the radio sucked even more? Join Fish Stick. It stops you from pooping, but it has its own good chemicals that fight the bad chemicals in you, and that's why yogurt's good for you. Lulu. I don't like shellfish to eat. Feels wrong, like you're prying open someone's house and you're like... <laughs> the Professor. If you really think about it, a hot dog is just a soft-shell bologna taco. And mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena, because that just seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. This is I Don't Know Radio. Search WIDK in your podcast app.